Hi, I'm uh, Gavin Giovanoni, and this is a very short podcast for one of my MSLF newsletters, and I'm discussing the issue of inappropriate laughing and crying uh, that occurs not too infrequently in people with more advanced multiple sclerosis. I basically present a case study um, of a woman that I met when I was still uh, quite junior in the field of MS who came into my clinic. Um, she'd had MS for 20 years and her family had been keeping her at home, you know, in other words, isolating her from the wider world simply because her behavior uh, had embarrassed them. Uh, whenever she went out, she would laugh inappropriately and occasionally she would cry inappropriately. And this was a problem for them uh, in public. She was clearly very disabled. Um, she came in in a wheelchair. Although she could walk, she was very unsteady on her feet. She had a very slurred speech and she had what we would call dancing eyes on the stagmus and she had very ataxic or uh, incoordinate hand movements. So she had quite a lot of cerebellar dysfunction. Anyway, this symptom of inappropriate laughing and crying um, is well known to occur in people with multiple sclerosis. It can actually occur quite early, uh, but it tends to occur in people with more advanced disease and is often associated with quite a lot of cognitive problems. Um, <clears throat> and also, in my experience, uh, people often have quite a lot of uh, cerebellar dysfunction. Uh, in other words, the part of the brain that controls coordination and speech. Anyway, the important thing about this uh, symptom is that it can respond to medication. So we tend to use uh, tricyclic antidepressants or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So these are a class of antidepressant. And by upregulating serotonin metabolism, it often improves the uh, emotional uh, problems these people have that is often um, not compatible with their mood. I mean, they don't feel sad or they don't feel happy when they uh, cry or laugh. And so this is often um, out of keeping with the actual mood. Um, there's also a relatively new treatment, uh, which unfortunately is not available under the NHS <clears throat> that we can uh, use to treat this condition. And it's a combination of dextromethorphan and a drug called quinidine. Quinidine actually inhibits the enzymes in the liver that break down dextromethorphan, which is actually a part of an opioid class of medication. The name for this is Nudexter. Um, and so this actually is actually a licensed therapy for this uh, condition. Um, there is quite a good evidence base. The evidence base really is not so much in MS, but the evidence base for tricyclics and antidepressants really comes from the stroke literature, people who've had damage to the, to the brain. And uh, it usually correlates with bilateral frontal lobe damage uh, or, or damage to the brainstem in the pons area. Um, just to say that a lot of neurologists talk about this as being emotional incontinence. In other words, people can't control their emotions and they're incontinent. I, I don't like this term because it's not correct. Um, often, because uh, uh, that term emotional incontinence implies that the individual is happy or sad and they can't control their emotions in terms of the expression. And it's not quite, it's not correct. You know, often when people are laugh, they don't feel like they need to laugh. And similarly, when they cry, they don't feel sad. So it's not compatible with necessarily what they're experiencing. <clears throat> anyway, you should, um, it's often not asked for in clinical practice and it's often not discussed. So uh, there are online surveys or questionnaires uh, or rating scales that you can do. And I've actually added one to the newsletter that you can click on and complete it. Um, I'm actually very interested to know if you, you know, if any of you listeners or readers um, have this symptom of inappropriate laughing and crying. 
I want to disrupt this is to your life? And have you had these symptoms uh, screened for in clinical practice? And have you discussed it uh, with your healthcare professional? I'm also keen to know if any treatments have been uh, given to you and how have you responded to uh, these treatments? So um, uh, just another two symptoms, actually, that are neglected. So these are not quite hidden, but they're often neglected in clinical practice because they're often not uh, asked about or uh, managed uh, appropriately. <clears throat> and they are really a sign of end organ or brain damage, um, bifrontal lobe, um, which is the front part of the brain or the brain stem, the, the pons. Uh, and so this is another example of the potential impact of multiple sclerosis uh, on people who have the disease. And it doesn't have to be that way. So this is another reason for us to diagnose and treat MS early and what I call effectively. It's for using high-efficacy therapies first line to prevent this damage. Anyway, if you have any questions, please uh, feel free to ask. I'll try and address them. I put a little uh, abstract from one of the studies just highlighting the association between this problem and cognition. And uh, don't forget that if you are a subscriber, thank you very, very much for uh, um, being a paying subscriber. And if you're not a paying subscriber and can afford it, I urge you to do so. The resources I'm collecting from this are look, looking very good. We, we've actually um, got a website that's almost ready to go live. So this is a curated website uh, to help you find information in a more structured way. And my medical writer, um, he's doing a fantastic job curating my uh, ramblings, uh, summarizing it and actually putting it into a format that's going to be much more easy to access. Um, and it's looking very good. We've done a few testings with some people with the disease and they like the website very much. It looks very clean and neat. And I think it's going to be a great success. So uh, talk soon uh, and enjoy.